0: all come true may you always do
1: surrounding you may you always be courageous stand upright and be strong may you stay forever
0: Welcome to episode four of Becoming Braverman. Doug and I just watched um, episode four, season one called What's Up? What's Up? That's literally the title. We're not trying to be cool. That's the title of the episode. And um, I'm going to get started on my 60 second recap. Doug, count me in.
1: Three, two, one. Go.
0: Okay, so Jabbar is staying overnight at Crosby's Boathouse, so their houseboat is out I, I always say it wrong because I know I understand. Boathouse. Houseboat. Um, they're trying to waterproof it. I mean, baby-proof it. Jesus. Uh, Sarah wants Amber to babysit Sydney because it, like, proves that she's a good mom. Drew is masturbating a lot, and everybody wants to talk about it except for him for obvious reasons. Gross. Hattie has a boyfriend. Hattie has a boyfriend. They're Facebook official. Adam and Christina are struggling to deal with it. Adam especially, um, let's see, uh, Joel, I don't know, nothing's happening with Joel, oh, Sarah gives terrible advice, uh, to, uh, to Adam about, about the parenting, um, Christina is a rock for Adam, uh, there's basketball that's played, there's fire, Ten seconds. there's fire, um, Hattie, uh, there's paper turtles, there's, fire. there's sexy time, there's, uh, bridge building, and Hattie brings Steve to family dinner, stop, oh, oh, oh.
1: Uh, the recap is: There's fire in this episode.
0: <laughs> there's fire and masturbation.
1: That's 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 the title right right off the bat. We know. I'll the title. make
0: a note of it, but I can't promise anything. Yeah,
1: we don't want dirty titles every time. Yeah,
0: Doug says I've been too aggressive with my first couple of titles, so that hence that's where the previous episode title, "The Great Turtle Debacle," came from. to A less aggressive yeah, title. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so, Doug. Yes. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> well, we've been hanging out together the last twelve hours, so you already know that.
0: Oh. What do you Let's wanna, not fool our listeners? What do you want to start talking about first? What What's What stood out to you from my wonderful summary that you could not do any better? Oh. Want to talk about? Do you want to talk about your little thing?
1: What. what?
0: Usually you have a thing. Remember you have a thing. Oh I didn't I
1: didn't circle anything yet. I don't think I got oh, any this time.
0: I think I have a thing. Do you? Um but I forget what it was. I no, maybe I don't have a thing. I um, mean this is
1: kind of a thing, but kind yeah, of Yeah, let's not. actually
0: start talking about something.
1: Oh okay. The biggest thing to me, on this episode...
0: So it's not a thing, little thing, it's just No, a big, no, no, no. Thing this thing. is a plot line. So we're getting right into the big thing.
1: Well, okay, I, I guess we might talk about this as a thing, as a big thing, but this is just a regular... Uh, this could be the minor thing.
0: Thing, 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 thing.
1: Well, I wrote down under Crosby, bong slash panties.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know why? Why? Do you know? No, I want you to tell me why. Oh,
1: well, because... I'm trying to remember now. Oh, you don't remember.
0: It's when it's it's what's it's those both happen. Um, oh, when they're uh, not events, but they both come up when Adam is helping Crosby to baby proof or to Oh, yeah, they're going to baby proof his houseboat.
1: houseboat and then yeah, he finds a bong and has, Max
0: is the one that finds the bong.
1: And then the panties, which you made the joke that was Christina's Oh panties. yeah.
0: Oh, I think Christina left those. That would be a
1: plot twist.
0: Which is well, yeah, but It's not right. You think those things are put there to kind of like emphasize the fact that Crosby is not like fully. Yeah, that's why I said it's actually a real, a real thing. He's still very much a bachelor, and he's doing like he even sees Jabbar. Not he. I mean, at, at the end of the episode, he does introduce Jabbar as his son to Julia, which I think is a big deal for him. But like. He even calls Jabbar his sleepover buddy. Like it's you know, there's definitely big things in his life that are not you know, they're not quintessential American dad like, you know, Adam wouldn't necessarily have a bong or panties at his house. Well maybe if they they maybe they were literally Christina's panties at his house, but he certainly He would have a
1: bong, he smoked weed in the other episode.
0: Right, but just because you smoke weed doesn't mean you can keep a bong in your house when you have a teenage girl and a special needs son, like it's just the 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 uh, contrast of, like, Adam as a dad helping Crosby to, to childproof his houseboat and finding these, like, bacheloresque type of things. It kind of doesn't
1: make sense, though, because Crosby has been seeing some, some lady for a long while.
0: Right. Maybe they're, Ka- Maybe they're Katie's panties, though.
1: But, so, Katie came over to the houseboat. They had yeah. sex. She slept the night or whatever. And then left with just her pants on. You know, she left he would, her panties Maybe Crosby
0: there? just doesn't clean his houseboat very often, and so maybe this is from some paramour in the past Oh, just—they're finding because they're they're doing this childproofing. Paramour is a good band. Crosby does. That's not. It's that's not what I was talking about. Was you use the actual like word. Lover. P a r a m o u r. Wow, I didn't and know that word. You didn't know it, Doug. You always learn new things with me. Silent g's and and silent o's um yeah a paramour is a lover like a lover who's like you, a a little you think bit that's holistic. why the band
1: used that name but just spelled it differently yeah
0: they they like the the oh. they like the i'm sure they were aware of that's what cool. the it's a french word and it has to do with like a Petable. a lover who is not you're not like Open to the world about it because it's a it's like a, kind of kind like of that's kind of how Hattie was love, speaking of secret love affairs yeah, the, my biggest storyline in this
1: episode was the snooping that went on on Hattie's computer by her parents.
0: right. How do you feel about that?
1: I think Hattie was right. it's an invasion of her privacy, even though she is living in their house. yeah, there's certain things that you should not do. I think because it's only she's a human being I think it's only warranted if it's like she was in um like there was a concern for her safety, which right. based on what we know or based on what they know about this Steve Williams guy like I don't think it's a safety concern
0: right I think they it's almost like
1: Steve Williams, by the way, is Hattie's official facebook facebook official boyfriend. boyfriend,
0: which we will be talking about more but and he answers
1: the phone with yo yo yo. What's uh With some music in the background. But I think
0: it's his voicemail. I think that's just his voicemail message. Yeah. So, but anyway. Yeah, I think that Adam and Christina are the parents of a 15-year-old girl. And so it's like they've been parents for 15 years. But in a sense, they're like brand new parents because they've never parented a teenager. And so they're kind of overreacting yeah. out of fear, out of concern for their daughter's safety and security and maybe even their, their daughter's innocence. And so they completely overreact just because they, they realize that there's something they don't know about their daughter. And that's never, that's uncharted territory for them. And so, yeah, I agree with you. Hattie was at a sleepover at a friend's house. She hadn't done anything wrong. She hadn't, there were no danger signs that she was doing terrible things there was all that there was was an out of control cell phone bill, which of course is something to talk to her about because you don't want to be paying two hundred dollars a month. For but she daughter. already
1: stepped up and said she would babysit to pay off that bill. Well, or that was whatever.
0: after they already did the snooping.
1: Well, yeah, but I'm but saying yeah, like yeah. when That's they brought the it, it to her like, attention, she was willing to pay the consequences. Right,
0: but yeah, but then it comes out that they went in they hacked into her. DPR yeah, I don't think you should went do on that. Her Facebook page. The only way the only reason that you should do that is like you said if there if there's something about her safety or if she's like really fucked up and like done something bad, but like nothing I mean the only
1: thing I could think of is a couple episodes ago she lied straight to their face right and about then the, the next weed. morning she admitted she lied, so it's kind of like uh this phase of Hattie's life where she's definitely being a rebel she's and, testing her parents yeah, and that's what teenagers do um But maybe, maybe, uh, Adam and Christina kind of see this as a trend. Maybe. That Hattie's kind of, kind of going down the, the, a road that she wasn't on the first 14 years of her life Mm -hmm. and is now, you know, doing these bad things, you know, maybe hanging out with Amber, uh, having possession of weed, whatever. There's a few things now that she's, she's never done before.
0: Right, but I you still I still think it's overreacting on their part just because oh, yeah. of the cell phone bill and yeah it was the same number but like, talk to her about it before you go break like, into her room and hack her face her computer and go on her Facebook account.
1: Yeah, like if she if she had a pregnancy test in the garbage can, then it's like yeah maybe you should snoop around or something. Anyways.
0: Um So so while we're on this, um, what do you think about the advice that Sarah... Oh, because basically what happens, I don't want to do too much plot synopsis because I noticed I did that a lot in the last episode, and that's kind of boring. I'd rather us just talk about things because... if the listeners are watching, they are watching or whatever. But anyway, yeah, you have to
1: drop just enough information uh, where they, where they know what context, we're talking about, but not about.
0: to go over and abo- above and beyond. Because if, if usually if
1: you're watching this, even as a viewer, like this is not your first time watching the show, right? So as long as you kind of give a little context of what, so basically, we're talking
0: about. yeah, like after the whole thing comes out that Adam and Christina invaded Hattie's privacy, she sneaks out. They send her to a room, but she sneaks out and she goes to Amber's house, which is her grandparents' house, but she goes to speak to Amber. And so then they end up at Zeke and Camille's house, or Adam does, to pick up Hattie um, because she's over there talking to Amber. And Sarah gives Adam some advice. And the thing about this moment is that I feel like there are good parts to it, of what to what she says, and then there are terrible parts to it. So I want to break it down, and then I want to hear your thoughts so the the thing the thing that I think she says is good is that she normalizes the fact that Hattie hasn't told Amber or Adam and Christina about her boyfriend. She's like, she basically is like, well, yeah, she's a fifteen year old girl. Uh, she normalizes first the fact that she has a boyfriend, and then she normalizes the fact that she hasn't told Adam and Christina. I think Adam and Christina are not accustomed to their daughter keeping things from them even though that's a natural thing, as you progress, you're not going to share everything with your parents, um, especially through your teen years, and then you might go back as an adult to share more things. I know, me growing up, I kept a lot of things from my mom, and now I tell her pretty much everything, so it's like a cycle or whatever, but, so I like that Sarah normalizes the fact that Hattie wouldn't tell her parents about her boyfriend, like, she's like, what do you expect? Why would she... Tell, like, that's part of the thrill of having a boyfriend is not telling your parents really? about it. And having it be a, a, a thing that's just yours. It's, like, part of... I think as a, as a girl, it's, oh, like... Oh, is that what it is? Well, I mean...
1: Because for me, as a guy, like, I, it wasn't...
0: You didn't want your mom to know just because it was not... It was, you wanted to I do didn't. Work.
1: I didn't think it concerned her. I, right. I, it's not part of the thrill of having a girlfriend. No, to I did not tell the parents. I think to me,
0: thrill might be overstating it. But I think that as as a young woman, it's part of a separate separating yourself from the identity that you found with your dad or with your mom. Like it's a separate thing. So like, yeah. I mean, I know I didn't tell my parents about my first boyfriend for other reasons. It wasn't because I enjoyed keeping a secret. It was because I felt like I had to because of just. religious way i was being brought up and everything like that but that's a whole other podcast but um but i think there is a little bit of like juice just to keeping it keeping it your your own like even when something good happens to you like sometimes you just want to keep it to yourself and really savor it before you share it with the world so i think that that's part of it so anyway i don't want to get too up track here so sarah normalizes that for adam I don't really think he hears her fully, but, like, basically it's like, it's not just because she hasn't told you about her boyfriend doesn't mean she's doing awful things or he's an awful person. That's just, it's what a 15-year-old girl does. But then she gives terrible advice as far as, like, you have to shut them down. No cell phones, no going out, only school, like, all these things. And then Adam does... He does Surprisingly follows Sarah's advice... And it's like, you're not going to have a cell phone, which again, I'm going to talk a little bit more. Don't do that. That's annoying. It's an accident. Don't drop the crystal. It's an accident. I'm going to talk a little bit more about my own history just because this episode happens to be a little triggering when it comes to like dads and boyfriends and secrets and anger and all that stuff. But like I, that literally happened to me where because of my relationship with the boyfriend my parents took away my phone and I just bought another one. I bought a pay as you go one at Walmart that, so I talk. I still talk to him every night and more than talk, like met up with him and whatever. Um, but like that doesn't, that that's, it's like treating the symptom instead of treating the actual illness, even though Hattie having a boyfriend is not an illness, but you know what I mean? It's treating the symptom. It's like, Oh, I'm I'm just going to like this whole shut them down thing. Like, I guess, you know, me not being a parent, I can't fully understand that urge to, like, control like that. But I don't see how that's ever worked. Well, grounding someone, maybe that's one thing. Making them, like, do chores and have consequences for keeping the secret or whatever. Or making them, because she owes them money now because of her outrageous, egregious cell phone bill. But it just, I don't know. It's, like, really, it's really triggering to me the whole, like, just take away their cell phone. Because that, because that solved everything. What well, if he took away Adolf Hitler's cell phone? Would he not have, you know, been a terrible person? That's a terrible analogy because cell phones They didn't have cell phones. Back there.
1: Anyway. But I think it could be a good way to... Because when you take away cell phones or computers, you're taking away lines of communication. Mm-hmm. And so in order... Because they took away her phone, she she left the house. You know, she she went to, you know, whatever. She didn't go see him, but... Right. She, lost that, that she, she lost that that line of communication, so she had to do something. Um, I feel like it could be an effective tool.
0: So you're saying because she snuck out of the house, that's a good thing? That's not what they wanted to do. They didn't want her to sneak out of the house because they took away her phone.
1: But They didn't take. And they didn't... actually
0: didn't take away her phone until after she snuck out of the house. And on the way back, Adam went and got her from seeking Camille's. Right. And on the drive back is when he's like, that's it. No cell phone. You're grounded.
1: But if you ground them and you take away their lines of communication, then, you know, yeah, she's going to still want to see this Steve Williams guy, but it's it's a lot harder to actually carry that out because you can't leave and you can't connect with them. Well,
0: what about my situation where I said I literally just went out and bought another phone?
1: Well, because they didn't ground you. Like, you were allowed to be out.
0: Oh, oh no. I because I was allowed to be out because I had to go to school and I had work. Mm. I was not allowed to see this person, though. Mm. I wasn't allowed to talk to this person, but I just I found the thing. Well, they where, obviously didn't point, monitor it very my well. My point is, if there's something that a kid wants to do, they're gonna find a way to do it, and the more the more that you try to shut them down, the more that adds fuel to their fire. Like, for example. When I, you know, at Thanksgiving, when you were saying your bedroom growing up, like, well, not the whole time, but when you were in high school, was that, was the bedroom that had its own sliding glass door out into the little pool area. And so I was like, ooh, did you ever use your own separate, you know, entrance to sneak out at night? And you were like, I didn't have to. I was like, what do you mean you didn't have to use? Because you were allowed to be out. You didn't have unreasonable constraints or curfews. And, you know, like when... I just feel like the more control that you put as a parent, the more the kid wants to act out. And I I understand that rules are important and like you need to have certain guidelines and stuff, but when when parents overreact about a child's behavior, it doesn't really help. When they when they try but, to control it by putting all these uh reactive things in place, not things that were in place before, but just guidelines that are reactive of the child's behavior, it doesn't Okay, solve. so
1: it- like what you just said it works with this scenario but it doesn't work with every scenario let's say your kid stole something from the convenience store mm-hmm. what do you do to punish them
0: well i don't know you're, you're not going to they'd have to return you're it you're to not the gonna ground convenience them. store and pay pay it back and everything and like you i for me it's like about no no that, that's not that's not a consequence
1: something. of it that's basically you're trying to make up for what they did well, well, how would you punish them like, i don't know well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no other thing you can do except you 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 ground them or you you know you, you take away the time, whatever they're gonna spend their time doing. Which, like in in Hattie's case, it was the cell phone. That's yeah. how she talked to her see, boyfriend. See, here's the
0: thing: is like I understand the whole taking away things as a consequence for bad behavior. I understand, like if if Hattie did something terrible, I understand taking away the cell phone. There, from what I see, Adam is just taking away the cell phone merely because she has a boyfriend. Right. And he's not having a conversation about like, okay, you have a boyfriend, um, let's set some ground rules. It's just, oh, you have a boyfriend, no more cell phone. I under like do you, does that make sense? Like for me, well, yeah. yeah, taking away the TV, taking away cell phones as a consequence for bad behavior Makes sense to me as a way to just control their behavior instead of having a conversation about it, because Adam was uncomfortable about the fact that his daughter was romantically involved with someone. So instead of having a conversation about it, he just wanted to shut it down. When it's inevitable, like, and that's that's eventually what Christina Christina ends up being the peacemaker for both of them, and talking to Adam about how you know rebelling is a part of growing up, and then talking to Hattie about you know. Your dad is just scared that he's going to lose you. Like she's the the bridge builder between the two of them offering the different perspectives. Because really that's what needed to happen here was just conversation. There didn't didn't need to be anything taken away. Well, you're
1: saying you don't don't think you should control what they want to do if they're doing something. If it's
0: not unreasonable, you know, like if she wanted to go snort cocaine, then yeah, maybe you need to put some guidelines in place. But all she had was a Facebook official boyfriend for one month. Yeah, I mean they were. It's better to have a conversation were, about that and get that out in the open if it's already happening, rather than to shut down something that's already happening.
1: Well, I, obviously they overreacted, but they didn't. They didn't ground her or do any of that stuff. All they did in the beginning was tell her to go to her room, and then she did. She
0: said go to your. They said go to your room because you're grounded, and she was like, and she said responded in German.
1: Okay, well they didn't. They didn't take any control away from her except from that until right. later on when she. Snug after out. she
0: snuck out which yeah that was So that was a, like another
1: th- thing that she did.
0: Yeah. But again that could have been So your- I think it
1: was kind of warranted that she like how else are you going to punish a kid for doing something that you did not want them to do? What else would you have done? if She snuck out when she was supposed to be grounded. What would you do?
0: Did you, fine, take away the cell phone.
1: Then, <laughs> I just convinced no, you to take away the cell phone. No,
0: but I'm saying there's a difference between taking away the cell phone as a consequence for bad behavior and taking away the cell phone because you don't want her to talk to this man ever, ever, ever. There's a difference. And yeah.
1: So why did they take away the cell phone?
0: I think a, a combination of both. So I think it was warranted. Which I think if just for the temporary consequence of, hey, you snuck out and that was a douchebag thing to do, you're not going to have your cell phone, that's warranted. But the hey, you have a boyfriend and we're not comfortable with that, so we're going to take away your cell phone, that's not warranted. That's not going to solve anything. Well, they never did that. Yeah, but I, it's my own personal history that has triggered. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I bring that to me. Yeah, I don't think that's experience. the
1: answer to just take away um, a, a, to control something that you're going to do anyways.
0: Yeah, and like obviously if Steve was like a 30-year-old man or a drug dealer like, and Hattie's a 15-year-old girl, like yeah, her parents need to step in and and be concerned about her safety. But at the end of the episode, Hattie ends up bringing the boyfriend to the family dinner and, and, you know. Hey, you're spoiling it. I think, honestly, I think that it, it wasn't even so much that they didn't want it. To happen, it was just that they were blindsided by it because Hattie hadn't told them, and they weren't expecting it. But also, when they go to see Steve's parents, they find out that Hattie has told Steve's parents a lot about her family. Well, that's
1: just kind of weird. So why would Hattie show pictures and like, like very in detail explain, you know, her parents and her brother to these other parents? And because then, they're
0: not her parents, so they're automatically... But why would you, like, get all accessible.
1: that into it with them and then, you know, not even bring your parent, Like, not even, like, tell your parents at all, like, hey, like, I'm seeing this guy. Well,
0: it's only been a month, so maybe Hattie was working up to it, but maybe she knew... I think that's kind of odd to me. She knew subconsciously that her dad was going to act a little bit cray-cray, you know. But, yet, other people's parents are sometimes easier to talk to than your parents. I,
1: I would be, so. like, definitely internally embarrassed if I showed up and you know they knew everything about me but I didn't know anything about them that's
0: my point as I think that they it wasn't just that they were upset that Hattie had a boyfriend they were hurt and embarrassed by how the whole thing had gone down and how they had kind of made asses of themselves by snooping around and Hattie was being a little bit on the secretive side with the boyfriend to begin with so yeah it just all kind of escalated out of control but Thank God for Christina; she saved the day.
1: But as far as uh, advice, I think before Sarah, or it might have been after Sarah gave advice, um, Hattie was getting advice from Amber. Right. And I thought, yeah, I wrote down, don't take advice from Amber. Yeah. She was telling Hattie to lie.
0: Right. She was straight up lie. She was saying like, I wrote this. I actually wrote this down because she said, um. It's your parents' job to make your life miserable, and it's your job to keep them out of your personal life for as long as possible. And if that requires lying, then lie or whatever. And so again, that advice doesn't solve anything either. And did you even do you even agree with that? Do you because I feel like okay, so the whole like it's their job to make your life miserable. I was miserable when I was a teenager, but it wasn't because of my parents. Well, well, I was because I was miserable. Like it, well, it's not their job to make you right, miserable. Exactly. It's their job
1: to make you safe. Right, which that's why they do these things.
0: Sometimes that ends up for teenagers as being interpreted as I'm miserable because my parents keep me safe. Well, yeah. The thing is, is that Amber
1: doesn't know anything. She's a teenager that's in the middle of being a teenager. Amber's
0: miserable and moody because she's a teenager. Yeah, being a teenager can be miserable. I remember I was a I was miserable as a teenager, but I wasn't always at least blaming my parents for that. I was just miserable. Yeah, so, yeah, and the is, whole, like, it's your job to keep them out of your personal life for as long as possible. Yeah, I can relate to that as far as, like, you want to keep things oh, wait, private and everything. But I don't think so. I don't think that's, at you, the same that's time, what you should do. That's, like, the no, old
1: way of doing it. No, it's not you should do. I didn't say it's what you should do. I said I can relate to it because Jeez, it's... Jeez, what are you, a dictator? Something. Why would you say that? You were like, no!
0: Because I because you misunderstood me. I'm not saying, yeah, that's what teenagers should do. I'm just saying it's I relate to it. As far as keeping things secret but also at the same time I I've, remember as a teenager grieving the loss of the closeness that I had with my mom and dad because I was doing things that I felt like I couldn't share with them you lose that connection so it's this whole fucked up
1: well I think, misunderstood cycle I think this that- to be true <laughs> that sounded weird I think this to be true um, if you you think Billy! as a as the kid if you think the best thing to do would be to keep it from your parents i think probably the parents have set up their parenting to not be optimal because why would you ever think that as a kid you thought of it as a kid to hide everything Mm -hmm. or hide your boyfriend because of the religious part of it and how they were going to be so against it So i think that's uh, a suboptimal way of parenting. I think that shows that. Yeah. and You're I afraid to tell another person... You know, about something that's actually uh, something bringing you happiness. Something that's bringing you happiness and that's natural in a, in a life, mm-hmm. and you're ashamed to do it, so I think that's something wrong.
0: Right, and well, speaking, again, personally, because that's the only way I can speak, is that, yeah, there was the religious part of it, but also there was just kind of a lack of specific, clear rules on my parents' part. Like, that was just something... My parents listen to this. Podcast. Well, you know, I was thinking, like, um,
1: if, if there's like a lot of parents listening to this, they'd be like, it's too fucking two idiots. fucking have idiots! No idea kids. what they're talking about." Anyway, no, I we have do no know, experience. Well, with you know this.
0: what? We might not be parents, but we've been children, so we do have valuable experience that we're bringing yeah, to but this. Being a parent so, is totally different. Well, yeah, but we still there's two sides of the same coin. I feel like parent. Anyway, my struggle as a as a teenager and part the big reason why. I actually did tell my mom about the relationship, but I never told my dad. But, you know, he found out regardless, um, as such as things happen. But like, it wasn't. It wasn't even. I say it's because of the religion, because that was a big part. Oh, of that's it. You. That's me. Okay. We're playing footsie under the table. And I was was like, your foot's right table. there. Why? Are I have two it? legs, damn it! I know, it looks like it's going um, straight down. Anyway. It was a lack of clear, specific rules, which I see happening in Adam and Christina's household, too. Um, But let me back up. The reason I didn't, like, outrightly tell my parents I had a boyfriend was because I had no idea whether I was allowed to have a boyfriend or not. And so I just assumed no. And because I liked what was happening and wanted to keep it going, I kept it a secret because I didn't want it out in the open because then maybe it would be stopped, which... Event, long story short eventually that that's the whole messed up thing that ended up happening but um that's kind of Adam and Christina are you know they're very involved parents but as far as what as far as what we know about their parenting, there's a lot of clear specific rules for Max because of his asperger's there needs to be very strong boundaries and guidelines for his behavior but Hattie has kind of coasted along on her good girl Hattie and they don't, it doesn't seem like there's any actual specific rules for Hattie. So maybe she's a little bit muddled about like how to tell her parents this too, because she's not sure how they'll react. She likes Steve a lot. She's really enjoying it. So she doesn't want to ruin a good thing by bringing her parents into it because there's no, there's no, I remember growing up like I, my neighbor friends and stuff, they, their parents, not religious at all. And definitely not like, not necessarily exemplar parents by any means, but they had rules about that. They were like, you can't have a boyfriend until you're 14. And when you do have a boyfriend, you can only hang out with them, like, at our house or at his parents' house. You can't go out on a date unless it's a group date. Like, my friends had all these rules and actual boundaries that guided their behavior. And, yeah, they probably didn't always follow those rules, but at least there were those rules while me and Hattie are swimming in the great unknown.
1: Yeah, I think that's what we've learned from 2010 forward, is to be open and say the thoughts that are in your head. Why 2010? You... I think that's when the, like, like, vulnerability and stuff like that um, really started to be like a, a topic that people held in higher regard than in the past. Where, I just think so many, things
0: be, so many terrible things could be avoided by having a conversation. Right, so
1: this happens. this applies to everybody. If yeah. you're a, a teenager, if you're an adult, if you're a parent... Probably a good idea to talk these things out rather than wait and wonder.
0: Yeah, and be reactive instead of or not, not preventative, but just to be open and talking. But even plus, like years before, like even like maybe it's like say last year when Hattie didn't have a boyfriend, Christina and Adam could be talking like, "Oh, Hattie, you're going into high school. You know, people start having boyfriends at this time and just start talking about it. or girlfriends. Who knows?
1: <laughs> Two thousand
0: nineteen. Um. But who you know that might have happened in the background of the backstory of the character, yeah, but, but it's not explicitly happening on the show where they're having these conversations. But yeah,
1: like Sarah's advice, you know, I wrote down here. It's terrible. Yeah.
0: Speaking of Sarah, are we ready for shitting on Sarah? Wait,
1: you, know, you don't, don't. Why would Adam even take advice from her? Right, she doesn't it's know. very out of character. For she him. really doesn't know anything. I think he's desperate. He doesn't know. The only thing she knows more than Adam knows in the world is probably like. Cocktails. Yeah, I guess that and maybe graphic design. Apparently, she's a really good graphic designer. But yeah, so the she. The only
0: thing, the only leg up that she has on him is that Amber is like a year older than Hattie, so she claims to have like more. And Drew is a teenager, so she claims to have more experience. But they're all unhappy. But yeah, they're all. They don't. Nothing. They don't.
1: They all don't like their mother. <laughs>
0: well, that's that's natural as a teenager. No, but
1: like Hattie still likes Adam.
0: That's yeah. That's true. Well, and Drew not is after like, this episode, but...
1: Anyways. So, yeah, um, Sarah was lying to Julia about Amber being disappointed when Julia canceled um, Amber being the babysitter for Sydney.
0: So, like, during another family dinner, there was an egregious amount of family dinners in this, um, like, big family dinners, like Braverman clan dinners. Um, During one of them, Julia was asking... Christina, if Hattie could babysit and Hattie couldn't, probably because she's going to hang out with Steve. Yo, 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 what's up?
1: Hey, you're recapping So then everything Sarah
0: again. volunteered Amber. I and then did Julia it. cancels. Basically, Sarah, and this all comes out later on. Sarah feels insecure about her mothering abilities. She feels like Julia is like, So much better as far as just career and life and hashtag goals and trying to prove herself. So even with that Julia without even doing anything intentional just makes Sarah insecure because Sarah has insecurities. Sarah is using her kids as pawns to work out her own emotional problems. And later on, Amber even calls her out on it. She's like, Don't use me to like prove yourself to Aunt Julia.
1: She she Sarah is
0: using her kids as pawns. I'm just gonna repeat this. She's using her kids as pawns she
1: potentially, to work
0: out her own emotional problems. She
1: potentially put Julia's daughter in jeopardy. Right. Who knows she, if
0: Amber's a good babysitter?
1: Nobody does. That's why even Sarah showed up at the house exactly. to ensure that everything was going Amber's okay. Amber's never
0: babysat a day in her life.
1: Again, bad judgment, and she's, she's worried about what other people think, and she's given bad advice. She's not a good person.
0: She probably ends up being late to work that day because, like, she was, like, stopping at, well, that's
1: different day, but Here's she, what's she, crazy. She, like,
0: stops at so many different places. Like, Sarah, you said you had to get to work. Just get to work.
1: This is my third time watching this uh, show. I don't think it gets better for Sarah. Like, she's, at the end of the seasons, she's still just as bad as she is now from what I recall. Yeah, she might have, I mean, she might improve certain aspects of her life, but she I feel like she's still not a good person at the end.
0: Don't you think that's kind of realistic though? Some people just don't ever change; they're always. just Well, it's trash just kind types. of odd
1: because everybody else, every braverman they in the show, evolve. except for Sarah, is like you know, like a, kind of an upstanding character. Like, who, or even who if not? they're
0: not, they go through cycles; they evolve; they learn things. Like, especially what one of the
1: braverman adults is not like a very uh, aspirational person. Well, I'd say Crosby
0: is a little bit He changes a lot. That's over right. He the changes. Show. You're right. He does change. Yeah. Everybody else is immensely. like already there,
1: even in season one. Well, They're Julia, already... I
0: feel like, has huge transformations as she adjusts to different life cycles. Different. I life think she's
1: doing cycles. great. She just, it's just her daughter doesn't like, like her.
0: No, but I'm talking, I'm just talking about later on, you know. She's, yeah. I'm making maybe. meaningful eyes. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But yeah, I think you're right. I think Sarah is like she uh, doesn't. Her character does not. Her she repeat. This goes back to the whole: if you're not aware of your behaviors, you're not aware of the of the cycles. You're gonna just keep repeating. You're gonna keep doing the same things. You're gonna. But keep Sarah is aware. herself.
1: Her problem, I think, is she's so concerned. She's so
0: aware of her of her deficiencies that yes. she can't overcome them at all.
1: But it's not only that. It's it's like a connection to. Other people's thoughts about her. Right. Other people know that she's deficient in all these she, aspects she's of her so life, about and that. she's so concerned about that rather than address the deficiencies.
0: Yeah.
1: Psychoanalyzing Sarah. You're
0: right. Um, what else do you want to talk about?
1: Uh, I wrote down get a personality, Drew. <laughs> that wasn't in the show. He I, doesn't have time thought. to
0: get a personality because he's masturbating too much.
1: Okay, so that that's one thing too is like when Sarah was talking to Adam about. Both of their problems with their kids. Um, I, how is how is Drew? How, how does how is that a bigger problem? How yeah. is that a problem? Because
0: they were like, yeah, they were like competing for who's the bigger problem. At which is was, it was a funny scene. Adam was like, Hattie has a boyfriend, and they're Facebook official, and Sarah's like, so what? They're both Who, non-problems, so right? Really? They're all they're both white privilege problems, basically.
1: Oh, we went there.
0: They're pro- they're problems that. White people are privileged to have. I'm a minority, ways, guys. Um, but yeah, like, but Sarah's like, who cares if his boyfriend? Drew, Drew can't stop masturbating, and I, I feel I I'm worried that he's gonna harm himself. Like, oh my god, you know what's funny
1: because can't she? Doesn't she have Google? This is 2008.
0: You know what's funny though is that I was literally just harping on how people need to have more conversations, and that's actually what Sarah does. She has too many conversations, though. She wants to talk about too many things, like. You she know. makes problems out of nothing. She makes problems out of nothing. Um, yeah, he's masturbating
1: and uh, Zeke And in. And, and, Zeke and goes Adam's and...
0: going to talk to him, but then Zeke wants to talk to him. And Sarah's like, please don't talk to him. Like You're going to scar him emotionally. Which he does because he walks in on Drew while he's in the shower. And is like, you got to control your libido, son.
1: Do you know about testosterone, <laughs> son?
0: <laughs> the Braverman men, they're admirable with their longevity. And it's all too much.
1: I thought it was pretty cool when uh, Sarah was asking Adam to talk to Drew about the masturbation. He says, absolutely. Yeah, you oh, of
0: course. Adam never says no.
1: Such a good guy.
0: Adam never says no. And you know what I realized today? I saw a trend of Christina. All, Adam is the person that everybody goes to when they need advice. Christina is the person that Adam goes to, though. And True. And Chris, Christina is Adam's rock. And I feel like it reminded me of you know the whole... Behind every great man is a great woman. Like, you know, like she really talks him down from the ledge. She's already done it several times this early on in the season, but mm-hmm. especially this episode. And that's just, I wrote that down, is that Christina is the rock for Adam because she really is. Like if Adam didn't have Christina, he wouldn't be able to be everything for everybody else, you know?
1: Yeah, I think there's usually that person. I think we said that when we when I first watched this season. is she's uh, She's definitely the glue. Whereas Adam is kind of, he's
0: the go getter.
1: I was gonna say he was—he's kind of the person um, putting the pieces, like gluing the pieces together. But she's but providing she's the, the glue. She's no, she's the she's the glue.
0: Right, that's a great metaphor, babe. Thank you. That's good. And Max and Hattie are like the pieces that he's gluing together, and she's the glue. Um, yeah. Another little thing I want to mention is that I thought it was cool. How early on we saw Crosby putting the gas on the fire and making Jabbar. Yeah, and then we saw later on. And then Zeke was doing it for Sydney, And I was like, oh, he must have done that for Crosby when he was a little kid. And that's why Mm. he did it for Jabbar. It was just one of those little synchronicities that I noticed that I hadn't noticed before. But that's what happens when you watch it several times. Little things pop out as far as like just connections you're making.
1: Yeah, I thought it was funny when uh, Crosby went to the hospital with Jabbar, because Jabbar had his thumb stuck in the can, and the lady behind the counter asked, uh, "What's his date of birth?" And he said, five. <laughs> like five years old," because he doesn't because know he Jabbar's doesn't know. date of birth.
0: He doesn't know his birthday. That was oh funny. My God. Isn't that so bizarre? Like, oh yeah. Then we that had person a... has his genes, like he he has his genetic patterns in him, and he doesn't know his birthday. It's so. So bizarre. I think
1: that's more on Jasmine for not telling him. Well,
0: yeah, that's a whole other bag of rice, but... But yeah, uh, A whole other bag of
1: rice? <laughs> just,
0: that's not a thing people say. Because we eat a lot of rice, so it makes sense
1: to us. <laughs> Why yeah, just roll off my So this episode, that, Crosby, uh, you know, let Julia know that he has a kid.
0: Well, because he needed someone. Oh, It well, was yeah. like a... Yeah, it, he, she So now, who, who
1: knows who doesn't know? Well, Christi- Adam knows. Christina knows. Adam and Christina. But
0: Crosby doesn't know. Zeke and Christina Camille knows. don't. Zeke and Camille don't know. Sarah doesn't know. Julia. Joel knows. doesn't know. I'm sure Joel knows by now because Julia told him. Uh, I like how I'm talking about this like in live time. Like yeah, Julia told just 20 minutes ago. She. What's told your him.
1: favorite scene from this episode?
0: Okay, my favorite scene, um, in this episode. Well, where, are we there already? Are we there at the
1: favorite? We can do it any time.
0: Oh okay. Um, as I already mentioned. This
1: episode, no <laughs> <laughs> I scared you. This
0: episode, yeah. Cause I was looking down on my notes. Um, as I already mentioned, this episode is a little a hashtag triggering for me for my own personal history. So, and we could talk all night about that. But, um, my favorite scene is when after Adam brings Hattie back from Zeke and Camille's and Hattie is in her bedroom. Christina has already talked to Adam, talked him off the ledge And then she goes and talks to Hattie and it's very calm and connected. There's no punitive, there's no, you know, blockages. It's all about flowing communication. And Christina starts it off by relating a story about her, her, not childhood, but her teenager. Oh, when my dad found out that I was dating, it was just crazy and all that. Anyway, um, the, the part about that scene that I love, that is my favorite, that made me cry, 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 is when Hattie says, um, "How mad is Dad?" And for one, I'm just gonna break down every single line of the scene. For one, that to me, I love that because it reveals her heart and how she is still, even though she's like so head over heels in you know teenage love with Steve and you know wants that to keep happening, she's still very concerned with. What papa. her what her dad her papa what her dad thinks of her and what her dad is feeling, and she's worried about that. And, um, and Christina says, "He's more scared than anything," and and that's not something that has occurred to Hattie. Which is what Christina does so well. She opens up Adam and Christina's eyes to the other person's experience because Hattie does not. Adam has been expressing his fear as anger, and so Hattie has been interpreting it only as anger. So she's only like, oh, my dad's angry at me. He's angry that I have a boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. Christina blows her mind by saying, you know, he's more scared than anything. And Hattie's like, what? What is he scared of? And Christina says he's scared of losing you because Adam and Hattie's relationship is, you know, changing as she grows older, and he has to come to terms with the things that come along with her growing older. But... I, it helped me, you know, I've already, um, like 99% made peace with everything that happened between like my secret boyfriend and my dad and me in those years. Um, but it's still, seeing that scene still helps me to like understand what my dad was going through back when I was in that relationship because Again, I only saw it as anger and control back then, but I know he was probably just scared. He was scared of
1: You know, I was thinking I feel like you know that, that's uh all, what all that's what all parents I think kind of feel because you see it in all sorts of TV shows, right? That yeah. that the dad is overprotective of the daughter. And I think, and I could be wrong here, but I think that's like a um, a modern civilization thing. I think before, the vast majority of, of human time... When they we were, wanted
0: to marry their daughters when, off?
1: When we were mostly in tribes and stuff, Like I think it was good, and the father looked at it as a good thing, that somebody was interested in the daughter.
0: And was going to take care of her, and it, she, she wouldn't be a burden on him anymore. Right, I think because... it's only
1: modern civilization that we've become so protective... To a fault.
0: Well, you know what else I think it is? I think it's toxic masculinity. Because, again... That's right. I, I'm saying... I said that like that on purpose. I wouldn't point. call
1: it toxic masculinity. Well, I, think, no. I think this is masculinity. But
0: here's the thing.
1: Because it's not toxic.
0: But here's the thing. Is that... Neither my dad or Adam felt comfortable telling their daughter, I'm just scared of what's happening to our relationship. I'm just scared... Of what might happen to you when you get involved with it, with another man the way that your heart has been involved with mine up until this point in life. I'm not, and I was mo- mostly kidding by saying toxic myself. I only brought that up because we've already talked about it before. So, no, it's not, you, I'm not trying to Be put it. Be careful
1: when you throw around that term. I'm not
0: trying to, I was mostly. That'll start wars. <laughs> okay. I was mostly kidding, but I just think, you know, like, that's the thing is that. Mostly men, everyone gets scared, women get scared, and men get scared and even this happens with women too, when I get scared, sometimes I get angry instead of saying i'm scared, but especially if you' like men are not allowed to say that they're scared of something you they're know? all
1: allowed it's all what you think
0: but they but, well, yeah, and that's the whole other thing, but p- men don't feel comfortable saying i'm scared," and like that was never. that, That was never something that I thought was happening with my dad back then as a teenager. Now I know that because he's told me in conversations that we've had, me as an adult, him as an adult, how much fear and anxiety he had as a father trying to heal his own heart and trying to raise four kids. You know, like there's a lot of fear happening, but it wasn't expressed. Well, it was expressed, but it was expressed as different emotions, as anger And and control. Well, who who had
1: this opinion of your relationship with this boyfriend? Was it just your dad or was it both parents?
0: Um, I don't know. That's that's a whole other... I keep saying it's a whole other podcast, but it is. But...
1: Because I feel like part... I feel like part of it, too, is, uh, you know, he probably didn't have time to deal with this appropriately. If he was working full-time, lack of sleep, you know, all those things where you have... uh, you already have like a preconceived notion on how you want to approach your daughter dating somebody and you don't really have time to like sit down and really think, is this how I should be doing it? Mm -hmm. Maybe he was just, you know, if if you're not getting enough sleep and you're working all the time, you basically, you're home on the weekend and then, you know, you you don't want to talk about that stuff. You don't want to deal with that stuff. You go out and have fun. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe there's some of that in there too. For Adam
0: and Hattie, you mean?
1: No, I mean for your dad and you. Oh. Where. uh,
0: Tried to bring it back to the podcast. Didn't work.
1: (laughs) It's all related to the podcast.
0: Well, like I said, I'm like 99.9% completely at peace. I don't spend. I spend a lot of time angry at my dad, but I don't spend a lot of. Like, probably for the last 10 years or so, I haven't spent that much time. Maybe the the past five years, I I haven't spent nearly as much time angry at my dad as I used to. It's just this this episode brings up the topic so perfectly that i can't i'm not gonna not talk about it and me as you saw kind of get emotional about it because i'm evolving i'm growing and i'm seeing my dad wasn't the bad guy you know
1: i think uh (laughs) i can't stop crying we 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 already know these things like being overprotective is, is not good like you uh, but it's just the gut reaction. It, it, ha- it is the gut reaction, but, it, but is it the gut reaction or is it like a condition that we've been a part of for decades and a you know, century?
0: Well, you speak. Uh, yeah, well, I, it's interesting that you talk about like how this is a modern problem because it is and like it's ingrained. You even saw it when we watched the first episode of that Netflix comedy, "Mary Happy Whatever. Like, fathers are expected to be angry and defensive about who is involved with their daughters and it's just this conditioned behavior well well, who's it it serving it's only stressing out the daughter it's stressing out the person who and like yeah i get it if the if the guy is like really bad news then maybe especially if the if your daughter's in high school you have to step in and, and do your due diligence as a parent but like this girl in this TV show is a grown woman bringing her her boyfriend home to meet her dad and her dad's being a total ass about it just because that's what society expects him to be.
1: Well, it's funny too. It's funny. Yeah. It's that funny. that's
0: that's part of it, you know? So
1: Well, the thing is I'm just
0: glad that that's not how it is like that, you know, my dad isn't like that any like he was never like that with you, you know.
1: Right, but like what we're saying like what we're kind of saying is you know, we want to be I think, naturally, you would be an overprotective mother. Oh, yeah. And, and the reason I say that is, like, I, we can use the example of my brother and his kid. So, you probably don't think my brother is parenting his kid as well as he could, but... We, well, according my, to
0: Brene Brown, you, you believe that everyone's doing the best that they can. Know, That's but, what I believe. But there's
1: beliefs we have that, you know, you don't have to share it. But my parents parented me and my brother the exact same way, yet we turned out totally right. different. And
0: well, there's Afghanistan. There's too. a yeah, lot of sure. examples
1: where you know, like you can use like finances, where if you, um, you know, basically give a kid everything he needs as far as like, like the, the the money part of it when he grows up and he's handed everything, he's actually not going to create anything for himself because he relies on what's handed there's to him. There's no necessity. Right. So
0: necessity is the father of invention.
1: So you know. We don't want to be too overprotective, and I feel like that's, you know, that's naturally what we... I don't know if it's naturally, but it's like we're conditioned to do that. I think it has to do
0: with... Oh, sorry. We
1: want to make, you know, like each generation should theoretically get better and better and better. But getting better and better and better means getting safer, safer, and safer and more protected. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it's a good thing. Just just Well, I stand by... Just like when you get... Uh, like, with technology, like, we're relying on technology so much, so much, so much. I don't think it's necessarily a good thing if we keep doing it. Like, it's definitely part of our lives, but you can get too far on that side of the coin where it's now a detriment to, to you.
0: So, yeah, like, I, I stand by what I've said before as far as, like, I don't believe that life is meant to be comfortable. Like, I think we're we're meant to find joy and happiness and pursue our passions but that doesn't mean being comfortable all the time so that goes along with the whole safety thing and then also when it comes to I wanted to add on to what you said about overprotective parents I think it also has to do with birth order and like your experience as a parent because I know I was the first born and my mom was super super overprotective of me and because of that you know obviously I'm still alive so it's there's 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 good things to come from protection that keeps somebody alive but like I know the the detrimental side of it was it took me so long to learn how to ride a bike and it took me a really long time to learn how to swim. And I'm not blaming my mom for that. I'm just saying I think it was part of the whole structure of how I was raised being very sheltered and overprotected while the more kids she had, like, you know, she was less concerned because she got more experienced in, like, how children are durable. Plus, she just didn't have the time and energy capacity to be as protective as all of the other kids as she was as me because i was her only kid for seven years and then she had more kids so i think the whole protective thing is definitely hard hitting when it's just when it's your first kid or when it's your only kid and you have more energy to, to spare on that but then it might fade as time goes on with more kids i think whatever. you want to
1: give the kid tools to succeed but you don't want to give them success at all
0: right you don't want to give them success you want to give them the tools and the support but that's, and but that's
1: what it is like uh not allowing your kid to hang upside down on the monkey bars is is giving them success it's giving them safety but right. how, how are they going to know the consequences of like what it takes to break their arm they, right. they don't know if they don't do it
0: like sometimes the best way to get a kid not to touch a stove is to let them touch the stove first and you know Get burnt a little bit, right? And then they know. And obviously, you don't want to go on the,
1: the deep end where you just neglect. Well, like that, what, them. the
0: Glass Castle movie, where like she burns her whole rib cage because she had to make hot dogs for herself. That's negligence. That's not. Right. That's not That's, that's not yeah, giving that's not people what we're talking tools about. to. We yeah, don't want them to neglect, negligence. but
1: I think you got to really be careful with it. You kind of got to let balance. them figure it out, let them fail. I mean, we say it now as adults; we're we're learning that failure is a good thing, but mm-hmm. like. It's it is a good thing from even when you're a baby. That's how you get to where we are now. That's as That's how you learn how to walk. Yeah.
0: What was your favorite scene?
1: Oh, the ending. Because you always
0: pick the ending.
1: Yeah, because they usually do like. A, a, I
0: like the basketball when they were playing the basketball too, which is towards the end.
1: Well, yeah, I always like it when they're always they always get together always and stuff, together. and then they play the Josh Ritter song mm-hmm. "Change of Time." Mm-hmm. And oh, usually when you have a good kind of a sad or slow song. And it's kind of like a montage of scenes. It always ends up being my favorite because... Yeah, they
0: packed a lot of stuff in that last couple minutes, I feel like.
1: Yeah, and uh, so they uh, that scene was they were all just hanging out and then they all kind of like dropped everything when Hattie walked up mm-hmm. with her boyfriend. And, uh, you know...
0: She's the first granddaughter or grandchild to bring a boyfriend over to Zeke and Camille's. It's a big deal. Yeah, because she's the, the oldest. And it's the first sort. time Adam has met. She's not the oldest, but Amber hasn't brought me. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that was my favorite um not cuz of the content really but just because the of the, the you feeling, got. yeah.
0: And of course, the ending is very comedic where Steve is like, "Oh, Mr. Braverman, it's so nice to meet you." And he holds out his hand. And everyone's like, "Is Adam going to shake his hand or what?" And then Adam is like, what's uh <laughs> All right. So, I want to I want to uh end by telling my parents I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Mom and Dad, and cuz they're probably listening, they're like, "Oh god." Um, I'm not emotionally scarred Any more than anybody else is Um, And then you can also Find us on Instagram At Braverman, Where we post uh, Pictures from the show And our favorite quotes from the show And you can also email us About your thoughts on the episode Becomingbraverman At gmail.com
1: And we put out One new episode per week Every Sunday night If you didn't already know, (laughs) this
0: was Becoming
1: becoming Braver Braver Men.
0: Men.